0: The advanced specialists at the Center for Innovative GYN Care developed groundbreaking minimally invasive techniques to treat fibroids, endometriosis, and other GYN conditions. In response to growing concerns over the coronavirus, CIGC now offers
1: e-visits.
0: We know GYN conditions don't stop affecting your life. CIGC wants to be here for you as you seek options to find relief from debilitating gynecologic symptoms such as abnormal bleeding and pelvic pain. With telemedicine options now available, book a con- Consultation at innovativegyn.com or call 888 surgery. That's innovativegyn.com or 888 surgery. Time to play with pain, where sports and inaccuracy collide. Now, here's your host, veteran sportscaster and the voice of the International Speed Fishing Championships, Jet
1: Waterhouse. Yeah, brother! Hello again, everybody! Welcome to the podcast. My guest today, funny, comic, insightful radio guy and podcast host, the great Pete Dominic. We're going to be talking to Pete in just a sec. First, let me thank the folks that sponsor this podcast for real. All things comedy, Google it, and never worry about laughing again. We got advice corner and fiery four and pop quiz coming up. Good show, and as always, before we get to my guest, Pete Dominic, time for the Waterhouse Up update brought to you by nothing in commune the commune for total strangers it's in Oregon let's go out in the field at Chet Waterhouse Chet what do you got for us Hey, Chet, good to hear your voice. Let's get right to the action. NFL Packers got waxed like an Iranian triathlete, although the Niners celebrated more than an ex-boyfriend getting cut out of a dateline. Pats beat the Cowboys in a game played in a car wash. Jerry Jones said Jason Garrett's job was safe. He then ordered a hot seat off the dark web. This week, the Steelers didn't wait for Mason Rudolph to get cocked on the head with his own helmet, they put in somebody else in one. Raiders got smashed like the windows of an Elon Musk pickup truck. And finally, the officiating was so bad this weekend that Russian trolls took credit. That wrap-up brought to you by acetaminophen. Blow the aspirin right into your face with fan. College football rivalry week. Michigan versus Ohio State. For none of the marbles. Wisconsin versus Minnesota for Paul Bunyan's Axe Body Spray. Iowa versus Nebraska for a roll of barbed wire. Oregon versus Oregon State for bragging rights at the pot dispensary. Colorado versus Utah for the splintered toboggan. And finally, Alabama-Auburn. Nick Saban versus Gus Malzan for the Golden Heart Stent. That wrap-up brought to you by Gunga Dan's. For really mild Indian food, try Gunga Dan's. College hoops, Rick Patino is coaching again in Greece. And somehow, there's already two kids from the Bronx on his team. NBA! Rather than play for the Knicks, veteran Richard Jefferson retired. When the Knicks upped their offer, Jefferson moved into an assisted care facility. That item brought to you by H2O. The with a prize in every bottle. And finally, this week in sports history, the year 1980, the place, the Superdome, New Orleans, Louisiana. Sugar Ray Leonard beats Roberto Duran when Duran quits in the eighth round by uttering no mas, which is Spanish for I lied. I'm 47 years old. Back to you, Chet. Stay dry. Thanks, Chet. This Waterhouse Update brought to you by the Marianas Trenchcoat, featuring the deepest pockets in the business. Now, finally, it's talk time. My guest today, great comic and host who just finished a 12-year run on Sirius and is now uh, diving headlong into podcasting. He actually reads, which might be a first for a guest on this show. Pete Dominic, Pete, how are you?
0: Ah, the legend. I am great. It's an honor to be on your show. Thank you so much for having me. <laughs> uh, you look
1: fantastic. And let me tell the folks here, uh, I'm actually staring at a picture. Uh, we're, we're doing this uh, by the, the, via the Skype thing. Uh, you, you have, I always guess the athletic body type of yep. my guest. Uh, you have the athletic body type of an extremely confident bouncer. Because you got the bald head and you look strong, uh, and yet you're very uh, together.
0: Yeah, I think if that bouncer were outside a trampoline park, children's, (laughs) Chuck E. Cheese, I mean I'm 5'7", 150 pounds, so I'm tight though, I'm ripped, I got a low body fat percentage, I was a personal trainer for years, I got a lot of symmetry in my face.
1: Yeah, and you know what else uh, as they say in football, you got that low center of gravity. You can <laughs> yeah, come down it. in and up on them, and they're out of that's there. That's right. Now, that's uh, right. Uh, you grew up in Syracuse, but you're a SUNY Cobble Skill Fighting Tiger. Uh, that's uh, that's uh, that's, a, that's a that's a deep reference there. The Fighting Tigers. Cobble Skill is it or Cobble Skill? Uh, it I
0: mean, is Cobble Skill, and yeah, I played soccer and lacrosse there. And it was a, it was a great two years because it was a junior college. I graduated there with honors and an associate's degree. Chad.
1: <laughs> well, uh, you know uh, that's way beyond what I got. I uh, I right? got something in the mail once uh, from Pillsbury. That was about it. I didn't even know what it, what it had to do with well, anything. I got a dozen other... free cookies from it. That was it. Uh, but you know, about, uh, a, uh, yeah, better I, I, a, a better the fighting tigers. Than like uh, the Mellow Tigers are like, you don't want to be on the bong hit Tigers. I think that's SUNY Wellsville. That's my guess as to which uh, one those are. Yeah.
0: I, never, I never got to be on the bong hit. At that college, but yet it is a weird thing to have a mascot that's not indigenous to upstate New York.
1: <laughs> no, not at all. Probably. Could have
0: been the Mustangs or.
1: Yeah, perhaps the. Uh, the, the raccoons. The, the, yeah, the, the the Red Hawks or the, the.
0: Woodchucks. Yeah, they had
1: like that. And then you got all of those uh, Colgate is the Red Raiders. Yeah, and then Clarkson the is the something or other. And then you got the. Uh, uh, Car- Carson is the. Uh, no, Canisius is the Golden Griffins, and then the, you got well, the New York has the best nicknames. They really of, do. Uh,
0: a lot of colleges and high schools in New York State, Syracuse, were the Orangemen. They were named after indigenous populations. A lot of Native Americans, tribal peoples, reservations in upstate New York. But uh, none of them really want those names after those colleges anymore. <laughs> so now, of course, yeah. it's the Syracuse Orange and. We're in upstate New York. You cannot grow an orange there. No, no, That's no. What we are. That's what
1: the yeah. Uh, the citrus growing season in upstate <laughs> New York is ten days. Uh, that agricultural tip brought to you by high fructose corn syrup. Don't worry, something worse will come along. And old McDonald, yeah, I still have a farm. So buy some friggin' bacon or something. Now listen to me. Lacrosse player, soccer player, personal yeah. trainer. I actually yeah. have someone here who might have a bonnet greatest athletic moment. Usually guys have to dig back to uh, my guests uh, to like when they were seven or eight years old. Uh, nice. But you might have one that just happened yesterday. Your greatest athletic moment
0: uh, would probably have to be freshman year high school. I was riding the pine, as they say on the lacrosse team. And the coach called a timeout just as I was taking my uh, my dick out because I had a pee. <laughs> I had a peach hit. I was on the bench, it didn't matter, just as I take it out. All of the team goes on to midfield. There I am alone, <laughs> mid arc. Everybody in the entire stadium dying laughing, except for my old man. Yeah, so, his so, face so. in his hand. But what an arc! What an arc! I can still see it. Yeah, that's
1: something. Poor play-by-play man up in the booth, uh, just like well, there's Dominic from a family of nine, a world of courage. It just has uh, <laughs> flummoxed as to what to say. That's still a great moment, though. I wish they yeah. somebody. I wish there were phone cams back then somebody had that baby you'd be an internet sensation right now now who is your uh, you've done a lot of athletics and uh, you've even kind of i mean if you're a personal trainer you're a personal coach in a sense uh oh. what did you draw from who is your best coach and who is your worst coach growing up oh my best coach growing up my best coach
0: growing up was probably my uh, my junior high lacrosse coach, he was great. He really hung out with us. He made us feel comfortable. He talked about uh, having sex with his girlfriend, which is really interesting for seventh yeah. and eighth graders to hear about. And then my worst coach is probably my high school lacrosse coach because he, uh, his son was on the team. Oh, and he brother. started his son over me. And I still have a chip in my shoulder, even though his son was probably better than me. But nobody liked him because of that. <laughs> I <don't wanna laughs> say Nobody it, likes but sons.
1: But. No, no sons are doing well dad. right now. The Biden right. kids not doing well. The Trump kids. No, nobody, but nobody's right. son is doing well. That's a That's hard a one. One. Uh, So, yeah. uh, but, but so then you absorbed sort of the hipness uh, back when you could do stuff like that because now you'd get arrested if you were your junior high lacrosse coach probably for just suggesting something like that. But uh, you pull from those and then you take them in a personal training. Now, how, how? How did you get into that? And then how did you say, you know, I think I could actually help
0: people. Uh, do this. Well, I, I had to find a job that I could pursue comedy doing you, you know, a comedian, a beginning. Uh, That's a true. Artist it's, yeah. Needs a money job. And, and I wanted I never could do a job that I didn't enjoy. And I was always an athlete and I liked people and I liked doing positive things. And so I was working at this gym, working at the front desk, watching all of these personal trainers going, why not me? And then they kind of recruited me and they, they, I, I got certified to be a personal trainer. And then I became a junior high lacrosse coach myself and did not talk with my players about my sex life because there wasn't really one to talk to about. To talk about? One, well, that's, and that probably one.
1: saved you from a hashtag scandal.
0: But <laughs> possibly I did get the Dusty Dick Award three times. <laughs> well, that's also, early-
1: uh, and you had the Golden Ark award from your Cross right. days That's uh, yeah, right. you know nobody uh, they say nobody in that SUNY conference could be like the the dominant kid could be
0: yeah I set records I set records yeah absolutely
1: now when did you when did you trigger in your head and say I gotta try, I gotta do this stand-up thing did that bubble up since you were a kid or did did it just bang hit you one day
0: yeah, it was uh, it was both. I always knew I wanted to be a performer of some sort, but then I was on the phone with a girl in high school, Chet, and, uh, and that girl said that she wanted to be an actress, and I was like, oh, I want to be a comedian, almost <laughs> as a way to have something in common. And then after I said it, I realized, wait, I do want to be a comedian. <laughs> wow! And, uh, <laughs> I did some talent shows in high school where I hosted them doing impersonations of Dana Carvey's impersonations, and I killed with my own material. And uh, and then that
1: was it. That was it. I was in. Oh, man. that That's the way. Boom. Like that. And uh, as usual, a girl has something to do with it. And then, and then kind of oh, yeah. your your first a lot of your first uh, early, I should say, uh, pro experience. You did a lot of colleges. Yeah. Uh, uh, oh, yeah.
0: You, yeah. That's
1: uh, those aren't easy gigs.
0: Uh, that was the bread and butter early on, Chad. You can make real good money doing colleges uh, when you're when you're if you're a young, strong comic with the the, the right act. And I was in my early twenties, and so you go to these conferences and you perform for all these student activity nerds, these very p- kind of politically correct <laughs> kids, and you right. can't do anything can't do anything dirty or, or anything, you know, in any way about ethnicity or, or gender or sexuality. And then you get – you book the gigs. <laughs> yes. You get, get you to you the campus. A, I do a, yeah. a great bit about my cat throwing up, just genius stuff, put some music behind it. <laughs> and then you get to the campus. And then when you do the gig at the college, if you aren't (laughs) dirty and if you don't talk about ethnicity, you will bomb because it's – guess who's in the audience? The normal kids, not the (laughs) campus activities kids. But they paid well. I cleaned up, and my wife, a girlfriend at the time, thought, oh, my gosh, you can really make a lot of money doing comedy. Then I had a
1: dry year. Uh Uh-oh. Yeah. And then then you find out if they love you. And and now – is that when you said, I'm going to New York City, I'm just, I'm just going to go play with the big boys and see if I if I, if I, if I got the muscles to hang?
0: Yeah, that was, after two years of college, I moved straight to New York City to pursue comedy right then. And then I did comedy for a few years, long before I started booking those colleges. But I went right into the belly of the beast, wherever I was, high school and college, I was the funniest guy in the room. Then I got into my first comedy club in New York City, Stand Up New York in the Upper West Side. And I was the least funny person <laughs> in the room, and I was like, "Oh, counting bigger. several of the audience
1: members." I was, I was, yeah, huge it's rough. Marcellus New York is Jordan rough. That's a wake up call. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that is a huge wake up call. Yeah. So, so, but, but, how did, how did, how'd you handle it? Did you just sit back and go, you know what, I, I, I got to go back to the drawing board. I got, I got to rewrite some of this stuff, or, or, or did you just go, I'm going to fly by the seat of my pants and get up and see what happens?
0: I did. I flew by the seat of my pants. I wow. Every night I could, but more importantly, I watched so many of the greats coming up, like guys like you, uh, Chet, when you used to do stand-up. Oh, yeah, that? way back. Yeah, uh, wasn't that you? It was a drunk guy. Anyway.
1: <laughs> yeah, then, that was me.
0: <laughs> then, but, uh, yeah, and now who? Uh, so many other greats. Louis but, C.K. and Greg Fitzsimmons and Wanda Sykes and Jerry Red Wilson, a lot of other dead people. Greg Giraldo, and so many other amazing dead comedians.
1: Sure, Patrice O'Neill.
0: Yep, dead. (laughs) Dead. Great. (laughs) Yeah, a lot of of guys that were great that are now uh, just dead.
1: And look at you. You're hanging in there. Living. A lot of people don't know Pete's only 29 years old. (laughs)
0: <laughs> I look horrific. look that's like a make a wish father.
1: <laughs> horrific for 29. Uh, also, Artie Lang, you probably saw. Artie
0: Lang, I opened uh, for Artie for years. I was on the road with Artie for a long time. Now, I've that's
1: got, an adventure right many there. Many
0: stories. That, oh, yeah.
1: That's got to be. I don't know if you write, but if you do, I'd write that up as a script.
0: I, I think he wrote it all. All, yeah, of, the, that's all true. of the experiences I. I witnessed, he wrote them. I'd like I'd like to write my side of them as a partner, an annotation for his books. But yeah, we we uh we had some a lot of experiences where Artie was uh footing the bill for some gig or having us to his house or we at some place and he just disappeared the whole time. Which would always be awkward because <laughs> you're like, Well, where's Artie? I mean, this is his gig, yeah. this is his house, this is his event, but he's not here. And come to find out. He was in a dark
1: room with a hooker and cocaine. Yeah, yeah. you can't really use the phrase bashful as an excuse at that point no. in your life if you're no. already lying. So that is, that is a wild weaving of styles because you're this fit guy. You probably yeah. eat well. I'm guessing yes. even if you mess with uh, illicit substances, you do it in moderation because you have discipline. And then you got this guy who's just bang off the leash comedically and personally. Now, did yep. you have to
0: reel him in? I did. I as much as I could. It's, it's hard to reel someone in who is as much of an addict as Artie was is. And yeah. I mean, there were nights where I just before he would go on stage, he he, I'd have to catch him and prop him back up and push him out there. And that was not uh, an isolated incident. It was it yeah. was very hard. And I was on the road with Artie because. His mom and his sister wanted someone healthy my, in mind and body to be around him as a role model and right. as as someone that he could you know as opposed to somebody who was going to do drugs with him and and, and promote terrible yeah, behavior. Yeah. But it was never enough. You know, he he had security, he had guys like me that were good influences, good role models, and you know that addiction is a is is a bear, it's a wolf, it's a shark, and other metaphors for ferocious beasts <laughs> of yeah. the soul. It's a fighting tiger
1: is what that thing is. It
0: is a fighting tiger. <laughs> Way worse than a fighting tiger. <laughs> now,
1: uh, before we move on, uh, craziest night with Artie.
0: Craziest night ever with Artie probably was at the Universal Amphitheater in California. There were 6,000 people waiting for us to go on stage. Of course, it's Hollywood, so backstage there was a whole bunch of celebrities because Artie was a pretty big deal. He was on the Howard Stern Show at the time. And it was just packed the backstage at this at this theater, and you just literally were bumping into people left and right. I remember bumping into Ron Jeremy, the porn star, just <laughs> sure. turn around, and there he is, of course. anyway, uh the show he had a band open for I hope us it was an day.
1: elbow bump uh,
0: yeah. no i th- I think it was uh no, it was his dick Oh
1: brother, that yeah. guy and, leads it leads with the wrong body part,
0: that's right, so this band is going long, and the audience starts booing. And they're booing the band off. And then the voice of God, the MC at the Universal Amphitheater, 6,000 people raining boos on the <laughs> stage. And, and, they, and the voice of God goes, Ladies and gentlemen, your host for this evening's Artie Lang show, Pete Dominic. And I walk out to booze. From, I haven't even gotten to the mic yet. And that was common at Artie's shows. But I didn't mind. and uh, But I didn't know how I was going to turn this one around. So I said, ladies and gentlemen, it's not my fault the band went long. I've got to do about eight minutes up front here. I'm going to give you one joke. If it's not great, I'll leave. And then I said, I'm backstage just now. And uh, I bumped into Ron Jeremy, the porn stars. And I didn't, I didn't know what to do or what to say. So I just blew him. And it's not a great joke, but it's that audience is a Howard Stern audience. They loved me blowing Ron Jeremy backstage, and then I had them wrapped.
1: (laughs) Well, uh, here's what's great. The greatest thing about it it's completely in the moment. You took something that happened uh, that was completely believable to the crowd and you acknowledged it. And, uh, you know, that's smart, man. Well, you're a smart guy. You do that. Now, at some point, you said, I can't just waste this all on comedy. And and you started with serious and you started to do uh, stuff where there was like substance. Uh, like yeah, politics yeah. and issues and stuff like that. What drew you to that? Were you always that way as a kid, or did did you grow was, up and your parents talked about stuff like that? Or now, as my, my
0: older brother was was a was a kind of a radical when we were young. He was a burnout and a, and a drug addict and a, an anti jock. He was the skateboarder, but he was the you know the subversive, the revolutionary. He was radicalized early by like the leftists, like Noam Chomsky and Howard Zinn, and then he kind of radicalized me in a lot of that thinking, but. You know, I just wanted to do comedy. I didn't want to, you know, I wasn't that smart. I couldn't talk about those <laughs> things. But SiriusXM hired me to do to, to host a show on the comedy channels. But I thought, you know, I'm good at this radio thing. I want a career in radio. And then 9-11 happened, and I became a parent. I just wanted to do something more thoughtful and thought-provoking than just exclusively comedy on the radio. And so we started having this thoughtful conversation about all types of issues. And uh, that's what my show became three hours every day, inviting experts on because this idea that one person knows everything was such an insult to me and anybody's intelligence that some genius behind the microphone for three hours. So I would invite like three, four experts on doctors and Professors and 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 all types of different experts on to teach us. It was like a classroom where I was the class clown. And now I am trying to recreate that on my podcast, Stand Up with Pete Dominic. And uh, I don't know; nobody really seems to be doing podcasts, so I think it's probably going to take.
1: Yeah, <laughs> I think you are on fortune. fresh turf there. <laughs> yeah, really. Uh, but but seriously, though, mean, th- nobody has really yet. Done what you're doing. I don't think in podcasting. I don't listen to a lot of them, but but the idea being uh here here's a phrase you don't hear a lot. I don't know. People yes. don't tend to say I don't right. know. Let's call somebody who does, right. and and that's kind of what you do, which is kind of cool. And, and then you got good at. It. There's another thing that a lot of stand-ups would have trouble with doing what you're doing, which is listening. You got to kind of listen because uh, you don't mess around. You don't just have people on who agree with you. You, you have all kinds of views on.
0: Well, yeah, I often, I mean, it's not even that I have a point of view. I mean, I don't even know what to think about the the effects, the opiate epidemic. I don't have an opinion of that. So, you know, you have people on that are experts that have uh, opinions. Gun violence. I mean, I, I don't know. But there are people who study these things, nutrition parenting and so i have my my opinion especially after all these years on a number of these things but mostly i'm i'm just tapping people on and learning and and, and being curious and, and asking questions it's not like you said about my opinions of things i'll always share them it's more about these smart people that i have access to i mean i don't even see all these books behind me chat but <laughs> yeah yeah
1: oh those are props i can tell
0: yeah, yeah there's a uh, there's nothing <laughs> yeah in those that's
1: actually strange. the the green room at drunksville new jersey that that club there <laughs> Now, That's right. Yeah. I, you've uh, you've talked to everybody from like David Petraeus, like a big yeah. general type guy, to that Ann Coulter, and then you and then you get egg, eggheads on like that. Nobody knows who uh, who uh, work at think tanks and have yeah. wristwatches that control satellites and stuff. How do you <laughs> find these people? I, I, where do you are you booking it or do you have hell? I mean, that's impressive to me.
0: Well, I always had a great team at Sirius, but now I have all of those people's phone numbers. I'm friends with all of those people now. That's I mean, impressive. And then Coulter. But I mean, uh, <laughs> I mean, a lot of these people have become good friends of mine from actual politicians to uh, academics and professors and, 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 and scholars. And uh, now I just have them on the podcast and we just chit chat about everything about life and about the issues. We're obviously their experts on, but it's uh, it's really easy to just get them on because they trust me and they know me and they like me and they know I'm going to, you know, ask them the questions that they they know answers to and that everybody's going to benefit from them. So it's it's uh, it's fun. You just call them up. You record the conversation, share it with everybody.
1: Well, you're, you're a pro that way. Did 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 any of these uh, ever get close to fisticuffs? Did you ever have ah. some? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Break out, and uh, despite your best efforts to uh, uh, to be jocular and moderate between different opinions, did it ever uh, get to get to just breaking breaking knuckles?
0: Uh yeah. I had we we had a couple close calls. I can I can get uh, easily agitated, Chad. And uh, <laughs> no, and sometimes sometimes uh, people rub me the wrong way, and I uh, I act like. Uh, you know, I'm uh, I'm being bullied, and I attack. It's a very <laughs> immature uh, side of me that will come out. I'm very yeah, passionate fun. about these issues, but oh yeah, it's entertaining. Don't <laughs> me wrong. but yeah, I had uh, I recently had a, a real quarrel with uh, my friend, a great comedian. We used to be really good friends named Joe DeRozo, who's got a new stand up album coming out, which is named after our fight. And, uh, we recently made up. I reached out to him and he's a great guy. And, and so, but we, yeah, we got into it one day on the air. He called me the C word and the bad one. And I, I was, uh, I didn't even know how to take that because I'm a guy, but, uh, and then, and then <laughs> I yelled at him and, and, uh, but, uh, we yelled at each other and we got, but the, you know, he ended it. I squashed it with him after like a year. And so now we're good. I think that's the one that comes to mind most recently because we were friends and he's a big name comic, I think.
1: Yeah, it's a tough one. You gotta, you gotta bury that 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 internal yeah. emotional tip. Brought to you by Gorgonzona, the cheese made from cactus milk, and Scantastic. Give yourself an MRI at home for one tenth the price of those fancy <laughs> hospitals with Scantastic. Now, before we get into uh, uh, some of our other uh, segments here, I, I got to ask you because uh, it's happening now. We got all the impeachment stuff going on and. Yeah. And all kinds of things coming out of Washington. Uh, Is there a way to combat, uh, like, the conspiracy thing? Because uh, now it used to be nuts had conspiracies. And then – and then kind of news organizations that were six months old, they had conspiracies, and now there's Congress people. They're just how do you combat the conspiracy? I heard one the other day that the Clintons pushed Oliver North over the edge of the flat earth. Uh, oh. I thought that went yeah. a little too far.
0: Well, I wish that I wish that was the case cuz he's a terrible person who is somehow <laughs> uh, found he sold weapons to Iran and yeah. then redeemed himself somehow years later and 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 became the head of the NRA, redeemed himself in some circles. He's a he's a monster. He also brought cocaine into the country. Anyway, with the CIA, uh but it's a great question, Chet. How do you combat the conspiracy theories? Is a really good question. I would say try to get your news and information from reliable sources. And most people now today won't even agree on what those are. But I think newspapers do the best job. It doesn't mean they're perfect, but if they get right. things wrong, they have to they have to retract. They have to put a correction. They have to have a number of sources before they can print something. They have editors. They practice journalism. Don't get your news hard news. From you know cable news or radio or opinionators or social media, certainly don't get it from Facebook. I would say the newspapers, even though they've been consolidated, they're the best place. And then you know critical thinking skills, use those as much as you can. What what what's kind of commonsensical? But again, you know we don't even agree on on what that necessarily is or what that takes. Education is a real problem in America and the internet makes these lies go so fast, tear around the world so fast that I think the truth has a hard time finding its way to people. But I still think that uh, there's a lot of really great journalists in America doing great work at places like ProPublica and yes, the New York Times and Washington Post and yes, even places like the USA Today. There's independent organizations as well. There's so many independent journalists and I think uh, people should fund them and support them. And there are great journalists in every single kind of issue from climate change to finance. There there are people. If if you want to know some of them, I'm happy to give names out to people who I
1: trust. Well, plus, I like I li- you hit on something there. Uh, the, the idea that uh, anything you're, you're going to believe in, and it doesn't matter what it is, uh, just have – Multiple sources that have uh, checked it out, not just the one place you found online that says, uh, uh, you know, there's a giant sinkhole that's taken up all of Manitoba. Uh, you know, get it confirmed by three or four sources uh, on anything, any piece of news item, and and then and then you're on uh, you're on steady well, they ground. They have to,
0: but but the, what I'm also saying is the the journalist at most of these outlets has to get their information confirmed by a couple of sources before they can print it before everyone yes. lets them print we also have this issue of people like oh i saw a study that said this or that one study i don't care who it's from going back to what you just said you got to have multiple studies and there are people and there are outlets who uh who i who i love and who i trust that aren't compromised that can help you with anything from your health to uh any other concerns that you have
1: Yeah, you do the uh, the transcendental meditation. I I do, yeah. Yeah, I do the. I have a brandy with some salmonex. That's about as close as I get. Not a terrible. Uh, uh, So this has got to be important to you uh, because the world's going a little nutty, and uh, you're kind of an intense dude anyway. So, so the the TM works for you,
0: right? Uh, Going for a run and having a meditation every day or I would lose my mind because I go pretty hard all day working, asking questions, uh, uh, trying to, you know, create uh, this new career transition I'm in right now is what I'm doing. But no matter what I'm doing, I'm always working. And so I've got to uh, turn it off to be a parent, to be, you know, a supportive husband and and to get my work done. And the ways that I turn it off and put the screen away are meditation and and exercise. And I do it every day. And if I didn't do it, if I don't do it, I'm a lot more intense.
1: That's very impressive. Now, listen, everybody. I got a bona fide big time comic host and a guy with a brain. Time for advice corner. Actual takeaway from the great Pete Dominic. I'm going to ask you five questions. There could be kids out there listening, and we might be able to have an effect on them. Uh, number one, quick travel tip because you travel a lot. What's your oh, best so, travel tip?
0: Uh, sign up for that the, the the fast track, the clear when you're in the security. Uh, okay that one and wear uh comfortable shoes because you'd be taking those off yeah and yeah, don't, yeah. Wear, don't wear any uh metal condom
1: don't wear a metal condom yeah yeah that's bad made, made that mistake one yeah one. even ron jeremy can't get away with that uh when uh, do you say it and when do you hold back if you're hosting some do you did you have you developed a muscle and how did you develop it that said oops better not say that right now
0: when someone is in the middle of making a great point, instead of interrupting them, I jot down the idea to come back to it.
1: So actual paper and pencil is, uh-huh. is a great tip for someone sure. who's going to start interviewing. That's brilliant. Yep, uh, absolutely. Biggest difference between a college gig and a club gig?
0: College gig, you have to be able to relate to these kids where they're at. And where they're at is Snapchat and their phones. And I mean, everybody can relate to that, but uh, and they're a little bit more sensitive, a little bit more sensitive and a, and a club gig. You never know who's going to be in the audience. So you just uh, have to be prepared for any kind of adult.
1: Yeah. Yeah. All right. Your writing tip. If there's someone out there is just starting to get into stand up and trying to write jokes. Uh, what's your, what's your single writing tip to them?
0: Uh, don't sit down and just start writing at least that's not that's my answer i tried to do that once and for two weeks locked myself in my apartment door came out with no good material <laughs> instead instead volunteer for weird uncomfortable and bizarre experiences go tandem skydiving eat something you would never eaten go on a blind date have experiences so that you can write about them
1: and you can talk about them on stage and then they'll ring true
0: yeah, live as much life as you can, do weird things, step out of your comfort zone, go to therapy, dig deep, and uh, and then you'll have material every day.
1: Best way to shift gears between performing and hosting?
0: Between performing and hosting. Or there is there
1: a gear you shift? Maybe there isn't.
0: I, you know, I, I, I'm going to say that I don't shift. I feel the energy of who is in the audience, what they want, and my best stuff is always My best stuff is always in the moment. I was the warm-up comedian at the Colbert Report, the Daily Show, which trained me to be in that moment and not have a prepared set. So I try to do the the in-the-moment stuff, whatever's happening during that day, whatever's happening in that world, if it's raining, if it's snowing, the weather, who's in the room, and then my material is the fallback.
1: Yeah, right, right. That's the safety net underneath. Wow. That advice corner brought to you by transvestites, time-tested sexual deviancy you can trust, and kaleidoscope eye drops. Don't just get the red out. Enter a magical world. Now, Pete Dominic, it's time for the Fiery Four. The Fiery Four. Pete, these are sports takes hotter than a turkey deep fryer manned by a drunk. Fire number one. Will the NCAA somehow screw up the pay-for-play issue like American TV screws up British sitcoms? Or can they get this right? Is it time for guys and women to make some money in college?
0: It's time for college athletes to be paid, but I haven't seen the NCAA figure out how to solve any big problem other than destroy themselves and pay themselves and be more corrupt. So I don't see it going very well, but it's certainly <laughs> long past time.
1: Fire number 2. Should there be more or less touch football during Thanksgiving?
0: Oh, always oh, more, more because you have you, there there are frustrations and resentments that you have against your uncle and now is the time to trip him. Uh, in the sure. There's no refs.
1: <laughs> I like no, no. it.
0: You, you got in a weird political argument. Nobody convinced the other person of the point, so you decided to go all caveman, and uh, you push a little harder
1: than just two hands. Yeah, there there's nothing like hitting a light stanchion with your forehead. Fire number three! <laughs> Should they expand the college football playoff to eight teams? Absolutely. Yes. more yeah, I believe college so
0: too. Football games. We need more bowl games. Football should never end. These college athletes should have to play even more games, like fifteen more uh, a, a playoff games, and all the way into the spring when spring training starts. They should still be playing. And if their bodies are broken, it doesn't matter because we, sir, are entertained.
1: I, uh, I I'm no pro, but I detect a note of sarcasm there. And finally, fire number four. Is it time yet to get interested in pro basketball, or could we please wait another three months?
0: Yeah, I, I don't, I'm not sure who's even in the league anymore. Toronto has a team, right?
1: <laughs> I think so. <laughs> yeah, and I think,
0: uh, I think Brooklyn now has a team. Yeah, they got one. And I, I feel like uh, there's still some white players that are pretty good. Yeah, What's they're about? they're
1: pulling them from Eastern Europe now.
0: Oh, right, exactly. So, yeah. are they white or are they?
1: They're, uh, yeah, I think they're. Well, I don't know what they call the Czechs and the Slovaks.
0: Well, well I was thinking of American whites, Chet. Uh, oh no, no, left? no. There's no American, no,
1: there's whites, no American in there. no, no, whites. No no, there's No, no,
0: corn-fed Larry Bird-like. No, kids. no,
1: they're on they're, they're, they're on the offensive line for uh, University of Iowa <laughs> right now. <laughs> right,
0: fair enough. Yeah. Okay. Well, whatever. Everybody wins. So you're
1: saying that let's let's all wait till the playoffs. That fiery four brought to you by electricity, the electricity that's just a little hipper than yours. Now uh, I understand that you may have a pop quiz for me. This is the great Pete Dominic. If you haven't heard him, first of all, uh, check out his podcast. We'll get all that information in a second. But uh, this is where my guest asked me three questions. I'm now six eighty three and two. Uh, not a great batting average, but I'm I'm, I'm trying to establish some. We do have a theme song for this, Pete. Hang out, listen oh, to this. <speaking in> yeah, oh, great. Pop, pop quiz. Yeah, I good. love that. Yeah, good money in a studio for that. Yeah, a lot
0: of lot of work right there. That's going to win an <laughs> award for best intro, I think. <laughs> Thank
1: you. Sure. And I'm also inspired to redo mine. <laughs> wow. Yeah. I don't think I've ever inspired anybody to do anything. I'm impressed. All right, three questions from Pete Dominic. I'm waiting. All right. First one is a sports question. Who,
0: chat, was the NFL's most valuable player for 3 years in a row? 95, 96, and 97.
1: Emmett Smith. I that took is a shot. wrong. I took it a was shot. Brett Favre. <gasps> <gasps> Brett Favre. Damn it. How do I, I, I not know name. that? My Brett goodness. Favre. I literally live on Favre cul-de-sac. How do I not know that? That's embarrassing. <laughs> oh, and one Let me see if I can pull something out here. All right. Uh, they don't have to be sports.
0: Do they have to be sports questions? No, you right can away? ask me anything.
1: Okay. I don't okay. know anything in a lot of different categories.
0: Okay. Well, then you're like me. Are uh, Do artificial sweeteners cause cancer? Is there any proof that artificial sweeteners uh, in things like diet soda cause cancer?
1: I am going to say, uh, based on our discussion earlier, yes, I think I've seen uh, several studies from several different sources that say they have caused cancer in laboratory rats. Uh, So I'm going to guess uh, that might transfer to the human species.
0: That is wrong, and it's not how it works. Sometimes things kill rats that don't kill humans. In Dr. Aaron Carroll's myth-busting book, there's just no evidence in study after study that artificial sweeteners have been shown to be the health risk that many make them out to be. Well, then it they should put them in myth. rat poison.
1: Put, put the, <laughs> Stevia.
0: There's nothing you can do to kill rats, sir. Damn it,
1: know. I'm, I'm oh, owing okay. to. All right, let me
0: see if I can save my dignity. Okay. Uh, Last finally, question. Finally, going back to sports, who is the uh, all-time scoring leader by touchdowns in the NFL?
1: All-time scoring leader by touchdowns in the NFL. Uh, that's touchdowns they scored. I'm going to go Barry Sanders.
0: It is Jerry Rice.
1: Oh, man. That's a good World one. Oh, at 43. least I had the right era. And the right number of syllables in the name. Oh, no, I didn't. The last name, I got that wrong. So I'm actually owing (laughs) four. Damn it. Ah, that pop quiz brought to you by Fish and Chimps, the seafood restaurant with monkey waiters. My guest today, the great Pete Dominic. (laughs) Follow Pete on Twitter at Pete Dominic. Pete, where can we check out the new podcast?
0: Anywhere that podcasts are available, you can find Stand Up with Pete Dominic. Three days a week, we post on Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. We got fascinating, smart experts. I ask them questions. We try to have fun. Not as much fun as I had being on this show, though, Chad. Wow, this <laughs> well, like awesome. okay, an
1: actual exchange of ideas is a rarity today. Uh, congratulations, and everybody, go listen to Pete's uh, Pete's podcast. Stand up with Pete Dominic, Pete. Thank you so much for being on, Chet, Thank you. What an honor. Really appreciate it. Follow me on Twitter at Chet Waterhouse and follow my comedian buddy at Real Jeff Cesario. He's got an album coming out soon on 800-pound Gorilla. You can visit JeffCesario.com and check out all the details on that. Thanks to all of you for listening. Support my sponsor, All Things Comedy. Google it. Never worry about laughing again. If you want more of me this weekend, I'll be in Flash Flood, Arizona for the 13th annual Wasp Nest Barbecue. Let's just say that grill better be really hot. This is Chet Waterhouse reminding you to play with pain.